Hello, welcome to episode two of Stick to Sports. This is our tax day spectacular. I'm Sean Gentility from Sporting News. Uh, you are going to get a line by line rundown of my federal return. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo uh, Puck Daddy blog, and the less said about my tax filing, the better, I think. Did not go well this year. <laughs> Obama, though. I mean, that's the real problem here. I don't. I'm, I don't pay taxes. <laughs> Smart. That's how they get you. They like they <laughs> they make you think you should pay them, and then you do. And at the end, they just usually like mail you a few hundred dollars. It's a big scam. Flat tax, bro. <laughs> Did you see that Donald Rumsfeld tweet today? Yes. The best. I was glad because it reminded me that Donald Rumsfeld is near death. That was <laughs> that was that was why I liked it. Sure. Every day I try to remind myself that someday Donald Rumsfeld and someday soon in fact, that Donald Rumsfeld will die. It makes, it's me, it amazing. makes me happy. It's amazing to me that he's eighty three years old. Like he seems like agelessly evil, I guess I would say. The only fun he's ever had in his life has been making other people unhappy. Yes. And, and making decisions that war make yeah, making decisions that directly lead to suffering on on some scale. Mm-hmm. So I guess that might be the key to that might be the key to old age. You hear about old ladies who are like, "Hey, my my key to living to be 103 is that you know I take a nap and have a whiskey drink each night." That's clearly wrong. You need to <laughs> you need to show naked contempt for. <laughs> 99% of, of humanity for your entire life, and you'll live to be a 1,000. Yeah, did you ever see that? I can't remember the name of it, but it was the documentary about him where it was just like him in a room talking to, I think, Errol Morris. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. I uh, That was incredible. I was on I was on a big Errol Morris kick As like, a year, like a year ago. Well, yeah, because they put a bunch of stuff on, on Netflix, like uh, Thin Blue Line was on there, yeah. and... Um, you know, uh, uh, tabloid also was very good. Like there was several of uh, several of his of his films, and yeah, I, had, I knocked out I knocked out the the Rumsfeld one too. It had the it had the, the desired effect. Yeah, I mean that was terrifying. Like the level of delusion on display. Was I, he's frankly incredible. I he's a lizard person. I, I think yeah. we can just defer to Louis C.K. on that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. I guess because this is a sports podcast in theory, um, we should talk about the the thing that I think a lot of people were talking about in the last few days, which is um, just how interminable a lot of games in these NHL playoffs have been so far, because, mm-hmm. specifically because of um, video replay and the insistence on, quote, getting it right, which is... Like, I think it's a noble goal, but what they're... It is. The way they're going about it is, you know, in typical NHL fashion, really I think, not working. Yeah, I think a year ago, and this doesn't, this doesn't just apply to the NHL. This is about baseball and, and, uh, and certainly the NBA. Um, a year ago, I would have said that, who cares? Just get it right at any cost, but... Oh brother, is that is that being tested right now? Oh, it, I know it's, it's unbearable. I I still think 
I still think the biggest thing is to get it right, but if you're not, if you don't give the people making the decisions every possible tool, then you're in trouble. And I think that's what you've seen with the NHL. These guys are reviewing games or reviewing plays on screens the size of a goddamn Game Boy. I mean, it's it's absurd. Yeah, and and the thing too is like, so they can review a goal and then look at it for one thing. And I I think what did this happen in the in the Blues game the other night where they reviewed a goal and they were looking at one thing, and then they said, okay, what we thought was true, the goal stands up, whatever. And then the coach says, hey, go look at it for this other thing. And then they're like, well, I guess we got to go do that. And then they go back and look at the at the you know iPod touch or whatever <laughs> for another for another five minutes and they go yeah that was not a thing either and we just you know effectively wasted 12 minutes of everybody's time right yeah they they go back and watch it on like the video iPod from 2006 and they and they accidentally load all the YouTube videos that were preloaded on it and then that that adds on like another two minutes and then before you know it like 15 minutes have gone by it, it happened in the game I was covering on Saturday uh, which was Penguins Rangers um, New York scored Derek Broussard scored and to his credit you know Mike Sullivan challenged it and it was close it, it, if anything it was a tie so whatever you know you you challenge it because that's why you have coaches challenges but oh my god like you you could watch it once and say okay this is Literally, like, his foot was on the, the line at the time the puck crossed. You know, it's really close, but it's a good goal. Yeah. And it it could have taken 30 seconds. And somehow, the process gets stretched into this, you know, it, momentum is what it is. But, my God, it, if, I, if I'm the Rangers, I, I'd have been furious about that honestly well it has it, for me it has nothing to do with momentum or whatever it's just like you're gonna s- sit there and make the people that are watching the uh, game live or on tv like that's the biggest that's the biggest issue it's well, it's a pro- it's a product I, you know, issue it's, yeah, it's was, horrible because i was watching that game at home obviously i wasn't in pittsburgh and like i saw i saw that that the same three frames, like the Zapruder film, where it's like back and forth, back and forth. We're just trying to figure out, you know, to the inch whether his foot was off the blue line. You know, it was unbearable. And it's happened a bunch of times in these playoffs. And, you know, you can take this too to like the logical extreme where if there's like a dump in from the red line, let's say, and, you know, a guy comes down and scores. 12 seconds later while the puck's still in the zone or whatever, can a coach say, Hey, let's challenge that for icing. Like what, at Mm -hmm. what point does the, um, do we just say, you know what? No, we're going to go with our best guess on it. Like, again, I, I think having, you know, goal cameras and all that kind of stuff is a good idea in theory. But when it results in stuff like this, you're just like, Jesus Christ, how can, how can this keep happening? And you know, that, that penguins game took three plus hours to finish. Yeah. It's brutal. And and that's what's, and that's what's so frustrating about it too, is that, you know, it's a good idea in theory and it's worked to some extent in other sports. So why not? Why? I, I know it's, it's still, 
it's year one of it and whatever. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. And if you're going to half-ass it, then you shouldn't do it at all. And I think <laughs> it's better to whole-ass one thing than to half-ass two things. Yeah, and, and I mean, but that's not the NHL way, Mm-mm. obviously. I mean, the the iPad mini situation alone is like the perfect example they could very easily have like you know a a monitor in one of the penalty boxes like an actual you know 35 inch hd tv or whatever yeah or you can go to best buy and get one for 150 dollars this isn't like a cost issue no or just have have an office official make the call send it send it to toronto it should not be all on the shoulders of these in-game referees to watch it on, you know, this is like the virtual boy headset where the, where, where they look at it and it's like a red and black dot matrix background or something like it's, they're using outdated technology to make really, really important decisions and it's completely unnecessary. And I think that's, what's so frustrating about it, honestly, is that, you know, people want to see the calls get right and, it harkens back to baseball really because especially with baseball you hear about the human element and all of this nonsense where it's like people would rather have you know human beings making terrible terrible decisions and that's not right but my god it's it's too much yeah i mean at some point and i i said this the other day and someone gave me a pretty good reason why they can't do it right now but um put a chip in the puck like I don't care, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it was explained to me the chips don't really do a good job of surviving the vulcanization process, which makes sense. Like, you got to yeah. superheat the right. the rubber or whatever, but, like, there's, I mean, they did it with the glow puck back in the 90s. It's really simple. It's really simple. Give them a decent-sized monitor and or send it back to Toronto. That's it. It's yeah. fixed. Like that's, that's the solution to the problem. And, you know, maybe it's too late to make that decision midstream now because we're, you know, halfway through the first round, but good Lord. Oh yeah. I know it's a hundred percent like these, you know, Christ, what if there was an overtime game where a call needs two reviews and, and like, you know, you have guys who came off the bench and they threw all their sticks off, you know, whatever. It's just such a mess. (laughs) No, I know, and and that's and that's also a problem too. And we saw it in the college basketball championship game when Villanova, you know, Chris Jenkins hit that hit that three, and it was thank God it was clearly it was clearly oh, yeah. a made shot, and they were just doing you know due diligence and making sure that that it was that it was good because if they like they literally they would have had a clean confetti off the court, so it's right, like it would have taken fifteen minutes to get everything I, squared away again. They have, they have it enough to gain. I think to to continue trying to get it right. But man, there's sure. also a lot to lose too. And I, I, it's impossible to convince me that you can't get bigger screens down there like now. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, you mentioned basketball. Like the pace of game is. You know, that's the pe- people's big complaint about basketball. Whenever you you talk to them, is the last you know five minutes takes an hour blah 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 yeah and that's certainly true um to sometimes and in the playoffs i feel like it's probably more true than it is in the regular season but um there was an interesting article on sb nation today basically saying like why don't we just like not 
let intentional fouls be a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Like, because you, you can really rack up a lot of fouls in the last three minutes of a game and all the timeouts and everything else like that. It just, it's so tough to, again, yeah. it's a product. I, thing. And it's not just, and it's, I mean, God, it, I had that reaction in January because the Rockets um, were playing the Pistons. Oh, yeah, the, the hack a hack oh game. Oh, my God, they, they fouled Jesus. Andre Drummond 12 times in, you know, well, like, I don't even know. It, it was it was absurd. It was one after another. They had a guy fell out, you know, within 30 seconds because they were doing it on purpose. And that's – there's got to be some way to legislate against that, honestly. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's just – because it, it it all comes down to televised product, and Correct. we we said that we said that earlier with the NHL. I mean, this is this is a major issue where, you know, for right or wrong, people don't want to watch. You know, you people want to have their cake and eat it too because you want calls to be correct, but you also don't want that to come uh, at the cost of you know any kind of entertainment value. So it, it's a tough it's a tough situation to to uh to find yourself in and i think basketball and baseball to a lesser extent have a tougher time with it but with hockey in these calls like it it seems avoidable and that's what's so frustrating yeah, and that's it, what's frustrating with the league in general it's that so many of the problems are are self-created right and it's like not the thing is it's not an issue of which the league is somehow unaware like the idea that these games take forever to play you know where they're really trying to get them in under two and a half hours from everything right. I've understood. And that never happens in the playoffs because there's, I mean, Christ in the, uh, in the Islander game last night, they were cutting to commercial in overtime and it's like, yeah. guys, what are you... I mean, I, I get it. It's a you, tough situation yeah, to be wanna, in, but like you're trying to balance like revenues from ad dollars versus, you know, cause people who are watching these games in theory are just going to watch them. You could have, three more ad breaks per period and people are right. just sitting there watching the same stupid Geico commercial every, every break. But, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's an acknowledged problem in baseball. It's an acknowledged problem in the NBA. And what's amazing to me is that like, we, we live in a world where soccer exists and they're, they're just banging out games two hours, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. two hours, it's over. Yeah, like, I yeah, I, they figured it out. The, and and part of that is just due to the nature of the games being different. And and it's sure. and it's whatever. It's it's problems that you know, you're going to run into especially if you want to involve replay because that by definition makes the game longer. But Sure. Man, I I keep going back to the Penguins Rangers thing. Like that that was you know, you watch it once and, and, and you know what the deal is. Like, why did that take five minutes? There was no reason that that, that should have happened. So you have sympathy up, up until a point, but for God's sake, just like <laughs> make it a little bit easier on yourself. I mean, that, that was, that was ludicrous. Yeah, for sure. And, and so you, you end up in a situation where you're like, if, if you were the NHL, what do you, what do you come up with as the solution? Right? Because, they're very cautious about not making the referees look like idiots. They go out of their way to not let people talk to refs when when the refs blow a call. Right. They they go out of their way to not do anything like in Toronto or whatever, 
they're I guess what I'm saying is they're very reticent to overturn a call in the arena unless there's like it, it's not even you know de- the definitive proof thing. Yeah, I know. Like it's it has to be so insanely obvious that a ref blew a call. But you're like people who are they I, I should say they're giving people too much credit I think in that regard because they they view their anytime you you uh you're talking about officiating calls like whoever makes it it's all they're all going to be rolled together like you don't view uh, in the NFL I mean when when the when the official in the you know up, upstairs makes a call it, they're not viewed differently than than the than the on field crew like it, once you the it's easy to lump all those guys together and and to say like that people are gonna say like oh well the the call went to Toronto and they showed up the guys on on the ice that's not that's not a reaction that people have that's a leap that that's not necessary to make right no I agree but that's I, the league is like terrified of it and it's the same reason they suspended Dennis Weidman twenty games. And that, because they and knew, knowing that it would be down to ten or whatever um, on appeal, just because they could say to the referees like, "Hey, we have your back." Because, mm-hmm. like, remember, you know, the NBA refs association, and I think even the NFL one like came out and they were like, "Dennis Weidman's disgusting," and the league mm-hmm. really needs it. And it's like this is how afraid of the refs the nhl is and it's mm-hmm. very funny to me that like this is all kind of an offshoot of that yeah and dennis weidman's appeal hearing is actually in three days by the way yeah he's gonna finally have it um yeah it's just such a such a mess and typical nhl like it's all their fault and they're not doing anything it's, it's they're only like, making it worse i know like like we said it's it gets old blaming them for stuff over and over again but they're constantly I mean, wrong. It's so their, what are you supposed their, to do? Yeah, it's their it's their fault. Like yeah. they like this was this is way more difficult than it needs to be. And even if it's like I said, I keep heart, I keep going back on the on the equipment issue, but that is a completely avoidable problem. It's so like how do you not see that coming? How do you not see that, you know, we're we're, we're making these guys look at something that's the size of a postcard and and make and make a game altering decision. It's it's ridiculous. So fix it. It it's not that much to ask. Asking leagues to to fix very obvious problems with obvious solutions that they've created themselves is not some unreasonable thing. Yeah, and I mean, it'll never happen, though, because, like, we know from the SAP thing where just, like, a billion stats were wrong on the website for months. It's amazing. And and they're just like, actually, SAP's very good. Okay. Well, right. I mean, if we're if that's going to be like the standard, then fair no, enough. No, seriously, let's let's just double let's just, down. Uh, and, let's just all watch replays yeah. on Motorola razors. And... I seriously let's let's make it smaller. I have an old Kyocera phone in my drawer, and we can you know order that and and make sure that that's where people are watching it. It's it's bonkers. And then play Snake afterward. Yeah, and that's all. <laughs> that's it. Um, okay, I'm. I don't want to talk about this anymore. No, me neither. It's annoying. Um, and and it's just like one of those things. It's and and it's so not. So you can we could we could talk about this literally forever. Like yeah, the myriad right. ways in which the NHL in the playoffs, just in the has playoffs its head up its ass. Right, the playoffs are still the playoffs. Everyone's still having fun and blah blah blah. But don't step uh, on the logo. Fix it. Fix it. Um, 
The, the other thing I wanted to talk about today, and we didn't talk about it last week because I am very forgetful, um, like three quarters of the reason I would say this podcast exists is because of the OJ uh, TV show that just mm-hmm. wrapped up, what, last week or the week before on FX and was awesome. This is like, this is another episode of Sean and Ryan. Oh yeah, no. Well, again. <laughs> talk about very dated ephemera. We we really tried to get this podcast off the ground while that show was still on TV, and we could not make it work. <laughs> it, it just it would not happen. Um, and so here we are. Last week it was it was recently off the air, but we forgot mainly because I'm dumb. And and so I just I would like to point out uh, one thing from it that I that I read yesterday. Um, Courtney B. Vance is going to now be in like a Tom Cruise movie and he he was the guy who played Johnny Cochran. Uh, yeah. And he's going to be in like a Tom Cruise movie as one of the main characters and it's like if that if all that show did was get that guy more work. Yeah. I'm in. He, I'm totally I, in. And like I want to see more of all those people. Like I I thought his name's Sterling K Brown, the guy that played Darden. Yeah. I thought he was phenomenal and I thought he got, you know, as they focused on Darden a bit more as the series went on, you know, that was, that was amazing. So yeah, I mean, put him in, in the cruise movie too. Is that possible? Can we just like, can we just have like some movie where those two guys, uh, fight with each other? Oh, I I forgot. I forgot to, uh, I forgot to mention that, that Tom Cruise movie is a remake of the mummy. Uh, the Brendan Fraser movie, because uh, so because they were like, you know what people loved about the Mummy was, I don't know Brendan <laughs> Fraser, but like they really wanted him to be older and like <laughs> five foot four. Yeah, can we make and, that happen? And weird, just kind of weird looking, with like a weird kind of puffy face. That uh, yeah, that was that was what I needed when when I was thirteen years old and watching the Mummy in theaters at the Squirrel Hill Theater. You know, I I really was, yeah. I I needed Brendan Fraser to be twice his age and half his height for sure. I I I have a confession to make: is I only ever saw the Scorpion King, um, oh boy, because I was big into professional wrestling in in those days, and of course The Rock was in it. It was his like big debut movie. So yeah, that's I never crazy saw about the, the original. Oh, what's crazy about the Tom Cruise movie is that. Uh, is that they're going to go back and they're going to have Hulk Hogan play the rock part because they're just they're just aging up everybody. Yeah, one of the bushwhackers. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I was I was trying to think of a better person to name than than Hogan, but like I didn't want to say anybody who was dead and I was unaware oh, of it. So yeah, that's, assuming that assuming that, that both is of the quite the minefield. <laughs> assuming that that at least one of the bushwhackers you know, yeah, is still so, around. Yeah, so the good news is I um. A friend of mine works for the WWE and a few, like maybe a month ago, um, they did, they did a live show in Boston and he had always said like, if you ever want to go, just let me know, I'll hook you up, whatever. And so I, I finally took him up on it and I went and it was a thing of, uh, I didn't recognize the vast majority of the people. Like I'd never even heard of the vast right. majority of them. Um, fortunately I had a, weird loner in front of me who when i was telling my friend like i don't know who this guy is i don't know who this guy is this guy turned around 
and tr- started explaining to me like the backstory of literally every wrestler as they came out, which was. I mean, that's that's. I remember when I went to see. I was actually at the uh, Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. Wow! And it was like, yeah, it was the, like the coolest thing I ever did. I was twelve. It was awesome. Um, and a kid next to me, I remember it was the same the same deal. I mean, I I knew everything about everything WWE yeah. at, the, at that point, but this dude was going, he was going way, way, way deep, and and it was stuff that I that I had no had no awareness of too. Yeah. So yeah, you were at the right. You're in the right spot. Yeah, that guy was, it was annoying slash helpful. You know what I mean? Where I was just like, who's this guy? He looks like Goldberg. And he'd be like, that's Ryback and Ryback's blah, blah, blah. And I was like, great, thanks. But then, you know, hour three of the show where he's still doing it, I was like, okay, buddy. I can't can't take this anymore. But anyway, point being, uh, this was, you know, it it was a TV taping. And so they would show all these promos for this is coming up at wrestlemania this is coming up at wrestlemania so i i watched wrestlemania and the you know they do the hall of fame inductions every year now and the classes are getting ridiculous like yeah it's like takamichinoku like come on down yeah and and that's fine i guess because you know the people they're inducting are just like guys who were wrestlers when i was eight you know what i mean so that's fine but I was shocked to find both of the Bushwhackers were there and uh, still licking each other's faces. Yeah, hundred percent. They're was that all they did? They just did. They did the walk with their arms, you know, mm-hmm. flailing. Yeah, around one of them. And... One of them did did so with the assistance of like those those crutches that are. Oh, that's really kind of sad. Like connect to your arms. Yeah, I mean, but I again. He did it. Wait, he he had like the crutches that people with like cerebral palsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like arm crutches. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but you know, I think I think that was just more of a long term thing because he was doing the Bushwhackers walk uh, I, when they introduced him, and I don't know if I could have handled that. It it was weird because again, like they're wrestlers, presumably in their sixties, because those guys weren't young in like nineteen ninety four. No. So you know, these are guys that are very old at this point, but for wrestlers, especially you're anytime you see a wrestler over the age of like 50, you're like, Whoa, he's yeah. still doing it. Huh? Well, as long as, like I said, all we need is one of them and they can step in and, and take care of business. And in, in that, in that Tom Cruise movie. That's right. Yeah. I, and Christ, I mean, Kevin Nash is in both of the magic Mike movies. Yeah. And not it's even him. like as a joke or anything, like he's just the, one of the strippers. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you need a big, a big aging, like enormous dude. Yeah, a guy who's like I, six I, foot nine. Yeah, right. I mean, who, who better than who better than Nash? He's got the acting experience. He was Shredder in the. It's true. The, I in, forgot about that. Yeah, he was Super Shredder in in, uh, in the second in the second Ninja Turtles movies mm-hmm. back in the day. That's true. Um, but yeah, so I just back to the OJ show, like. <laughs> All those people, like, I don't know what I want the guy who played Lancido to be in, but he should a billion percent be in everything. I feel like there's a pretty good chance that he's just going to be, like, <laughs> that we're going to see some other lesser OJ movie come out. <laughs> and, like, the same guy that played Ido and the same guy that played Kato. Oh, are, that Kato guy gonna, was like, unbelievably bad. <laughs> he didn't look like him. And he wasn't, no. and he wasn't, and he wasn't good enough to, 
to make up the difference. Which, like, that I think that was sort of where they hit the sweet spot in casting. Yeah, you know, where they got people who a to some degree legitimately look like the people they were playing. You know, some more than others, or they just got. Or they just got you know hilarious performances, hilarious and or great performances out of the people who who were who were less you know who who looked less like the people they were playing, and I think example A, number one of that, is John Travolta who couldn't look less like Robert Shapiro, who's this like tough little dude, and he couldn't look or act less like him, but no. it was a captivating performance. Oh my god, it was un. I don't. I don't think he was like Robert Shapiro, but whatever he was doing, man, it was it was working for him. He was me. in a completely different like whole thing. Like and it's and for here's another thing about that too. Like I, the campiness to to his performance was just unbelievable. It was beautiful it, from from the way he spoke and the way he gestured and to the to the way he looked. I mean, you you have a you have a show that just costume wise was unbelievable. Like what they did with Nathan Lane, who's got like a full head of dark hair, you know, the, the wig that they put him in to play athlete Bailey was seriously unbelievable. And it's true for, it's true for, uh, it's true for Sarah Paulson who played Marsha Clark, like on and on. So they have this like unbelievable wig work, right. To, to make these people really, you know, resemble the, the, the real life people they're playing. And then you have Travolta who looked like he smeared, you know, black shoe polish on his eyebrows and, and he's, it was bonkers. He was in a different show and I loved yeah, it. It was, it was incredible. Um, the most unsettling part about the whole Nathan Lane thing for me was just, did I really need to see Nathan Lane using the N word like 14 <laughs> times in one episode? I, you know, was I, this was, I, I hand to God, the birdcage was on last night. It was on, you know, HBO 54 last night sure. and I and I watched all of it literally all of it. I watched I watched from from the start to the end. And this wasn't on demand either. Like I stopped what I was doing to watch, you know, two and a half hours worth of The Birdcage on a Sunday night. Yeah. And that was all I thought of cuz his performance is, you know, it's hilarious and 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 fun for a lot of reasons, but like periodically, yeah, I would just imagine that, you know, his character would like just rattle off some like insane string of of horrendous like racist nonsense. Oh man, that's really what it needed. I think yeah. that would have taken yeah. the birdcage. I, I think mean, that... critically acclaimed all that stuff, <laughs> yeah. but what would have really won at the Oscar? It's more it more n words from Nathan it was Lane. Just one r- super racist rant, and then Robin Williams's character just going, "Oh geez, I don't know." Oh, Albert. Oh, what are we going to do with you? That is a movie I haven't seen in extremely long. So I couldn't have pulled his character's name with a gun to my head. I th- I think knowing that, that it came out 20 years ago is very helpful because you're watching it and you're like, okay, this is this is over the top. But I mean, for a movie that came out in, in the mid 90s, I think that probably did a lot of good. And it was very entertaining. And yeah, like, it, it's like Will and Grace in that way, right? Where it's like the most arch depiction right. of gay people possible, but it got gay people on TV, so maybe. Yeah. And it's ultimately positive too. It's it's yeah. uh, it's you know yes, it's it's stereotypical and and silly, but you know these are also kind of fully fully fleshed out people to an extent. So it was a positive thing, and that was what I was thinking about when I was not thinking about Nathan Lane again, you know staring into the camera and, and screaming obscenities. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and then you were saying earlier that you, um, before we started recording, don't, I don't want people to think they missed anything, but you were saying that you watched the, uh, Anita Hill HBO movie or part of it. Yeah. Right. I watched, I watched the last hour of it or so. <laughs> that was actually why I started watching the birdcage. Cause it came on after. Sure. I think it came on after, <laughs> maybe not the exact HBO <laughs> channel, but it was, it was in the neighborhood after the Anita Hill movie ended. And, uh, yeah, I, I that that's an example of a thing where, you know, and I'm sure this is true for you too. I was, you know, eight or nine or whatever, and I have very vivid, specific memories of the OJ trial. So that's sort of like yeah, informed same. because it, that that informed the way I approach the FX series. But you know, only knowing the outcome of the Anita Hill uh, situation. Yeah, and I not barely really, even know that. Yeah, honestly. right. Like not in, not any of the characters that were involved or or whatever. It was a lot more. Uh, it was more educational. <laughs> it yeah. was about it was about as educational as a as a you know dramatized HBO documentary could be. Because like for all the for all the Simpson stuff, I mean, I pretty much I pretty much knew most of that coming into it, being sure. like pseudo obsessive about it. But no, I, I I learned something about Anita Hill yesterday and. Uh, that was a failure of of government, I, I I think, and that was that was a big takeaway. Yeah, I I have to watch it. I haven't uh, I haven't a clue about most of that stuff. Oh, it was a really really great performance. Is Greg Kinnear by Joe Biden, buddy? Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, he uh, Greg Kinnear is like a really good actor when he's not given a ton of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like. I feel like if he's just kind of a, you know, like the seventh guy on the bill, you're you're like, man, Greg Kinnear is unbelievable. <laughs> I think uh, the, the Bad News Bears remake was on Comedy Central a couple weeks ago. And, of course, I got sucked into that because I'm prone to that. Uh, and who's, he the was guy, just, who's the main guy in that? Billy Bob Thornton. Ah, yes. And he was Greg, doing a bunch of movies there where he was yeah. like, this is a regular situation, but he's saying curse words. So I, I don't know, man. I liked it. I thought it was fun. I, I also like the original Bad News Bears. A, a oh, good I mean, the original is amazing. But Kinnear of using the N word in a yeah, shocking context. Uh, yes, Jesus. But Kinnear was like, Kinnear was like the dickhead uh, opposing coach of like, of like, you know, the, uh, of the other team. Yeah. He was great. It was the perfect amount of Greg Kinnear. And I think last night, in a very different context was also the perfect amount of Greg Kinnear doing like a weird pseudo impression of Joe Biden. It was, it was delightful. Yeah. Like at some point in the, in these things, you'd rather a guy just do the John Travolta thing. If you, if you can't like nail how a person looks and acts and whatever, just Uh, go be John Travolta and do some insane thing (laughs) instead. Right. Yeah. I I, like Travolta was, you know, he was a producer of the OJ show. I mean, really? Yes, I didn't know I, that. I, that's fin- I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I, it makes everything make sense. It makes sense why you have this insane casting decision because you know he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some money if if uh, if if you let me be Shapiro." Like, I'm sure, I'm sure Travolta tried to be OJ, and 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 it didn't work out for him. Like, he got overruled. But he yeah. was like, he was like, "Yeah, you let me be Shapiro, it, our, our agreement still holds." And they're like, "Yeah, fine." Yeah, and. And that's I, I actually read the other day that he said he's totally down to do another season of American Crime Story, whatever that ends up being, um, which, like, I hope it's so, something even more insane where he's like, I don't know, uh, where he's just some person that's completely implausible 
as like a there needs to be he just needs to be like the, the like someone on the lawyer team for every single episode like like if well, they do I, michael, I would like if, like, like, like if they do michael jackson next or whatever he needs to be like mark garagos or or or, or whatever yeah, who I cares just, i would take him as um the other bomber in like if they do a step-by-step retelling of the oklahoma city bombing i would want him to be like the number two bomber yeah john travolta is terry nichols terry nichols that's his name i knew it was terry something god damn Mm -hmm. it no absolutely like like i and again just like shoehorn him into stuff that doesn't that doesn't work like they're gonna do the unabomber at some point you know that's happening oh yeah that would be again fantastic i just make him the brother like who cares yeah, the I I speaking of the Unabomber, like anytime I think of him now, I think of I was reading his Wikipedia page years ago for some reason, and it was like you know Theodore Kaczynski is an American um, math math professor, social yeah. critic, and terrorist, and I was and, like, and terrorist, how's that get third billing? <laughs> yeah, you're either saving the best for last, or 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 you've prioritized terribly <laughs> uh, it sounds like they went in chronological order now that i think about it yeah whatever we can that's actually what we're gonna do on every episode of this show is just take wikipedia editors to task <laughs> that's right they need they need they need taken down a peg these <laughs> these like shut-ins and, and weirdos who sit around editing wikipedia pages they need uh, they, they they need to be told what's what yeah one of the one of the great uh twitter pages is is the ones that are like whenever wikipedia gets edited from a government building and it's just like you know the department of justice edited the philadelphia flyers 1974-75 page and you're like yeah i just the one i just saw the one i just saw recently was somebody edited andy greenwald's wikipedia page who works for (laughs) who works for uh the ringer and you know worked for grantland beforehand and is a is a really great pop culture critic like somebody you know some some staffer is just bored and you know editing his page to to uh reflect the fact that he works for the ringer now or whatever crazy that's that's a level of of uh knowledgeability that i you know aspire to for sure sure um notability that's what i was trying to say not knowledgeability i was gonna let you skate on that but that's that's fine um yeah it's just one of those things where like I don't know. I look at all these things where people are hoping that um, like stuff from the 90s comes back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just read a thing yesterday or the day before in The Guardian about Monica Lewinsky. And, yeah. And, she, and it was a really great story about how she's like this advocate for like anti-bullying, like online bullying kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, if you say Monica Lewinsky to literally any person alive they're like oh you know like yeah right the dress and, and yeah. whatever yeah it's i amazing. i know it's and how has that not been made a tv movie by the way i think there's i that could happen american political story like premiering in you know february of 2019 yeah whatever like the 20 year anniversary is i you know we're never going to run out of that stuff. I've just, I've just come to terms with it. Like, like we're going to recycle it and then like a couple years are going to, are going to go by and then we'll just recycle the same stuff. Like I, I, there's gotta be like a pogs app or something out there. Right now. <laughs> there's gotta be like, seriously, I mean, look, just... they, they brought full house back. 
Did you I, watch that, by the I way? Watched, I watched the first episode of it, yeah. I, was I watched sick. every rotten second of it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't, it is bad. Don't admit that. And not that. in, like, it's too late. It's out there. But, like, it's bad in not even, like, a fun way. Mm-hmm. It's just bad. No, I know. I know. And, and, and my and my tolerance for that is high, too. Like, I, Yeah, I mean, like, I've seen another thing I should not admit. I've seen every episode of The Big Bang Theory. It's the worst Oh man, I I legitimately hate it. I I don't know that I've ever laughed at it or even smiled, and yet like I got sucked into watching it once, and oh, you man. know, fourteen years later or however long it's been, like I I'm still sitting there hating every yeah, character like, on not, the show. I don't have highbrow taste. Uh, in a lot of ways, like I like King of Queens. I think King of Queens is hilarious. I used to watch it before going to work at like five o'clock in the afternoon every single day. Like, yeah. I, like, that's fine. But oh, buddy, I uh, you got me beat on Big Bang Theory. I've, I've never rotten. seen any of it. <laughs> it's truly awful. Because, and again, it's not even like there's no nostalgia. Like, people like Full House because they liked Full House when they were eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. People like Saved by the Bell for the same reason. I started watching The Big Bang Theory when I was like 25. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not right. No, it's I I caught, you know, I the most I've seen from stuff like that from like that current crop of of CBS sitcoms is they started playing uh they started playing Two Broke Girls on TBS, I think, or FX or something yeah. or other during the baseball playoffs. And an episode came on like after a game that I'd been watching and I watched, you know, two minutes of it or or whatever and that show is and again this is i i laugh at a lot of different stuff and in my my uh my tolerance for this stuff is high that is a desperately unfunny show yeah i i've heard horrendous i've heard that the the best way to describe it is unbelievably racist yes everyone who works like i i you know I, I don't know about everyone, but within like two minutes of me watching it, there was like a ra- like a racist caricature of an Asian person, yeah, and, like a racist caricature who, who's like you know the the owner of of the of the place they work, and then like some like racist uh, Middle Eastern guy who worked on the grill, and it, I was like, what? And there, and it's all and it, to add to like the weird dissonance of that show is that there's a laugh track over all of it, so right. it's, yeah. And it and the laugh track just carries the entire thing because and it's weird because you're like wait a second, not only was that not funny that was like that was like kind of racist too so like why are why are all these people laughing yeah it's, I, it's, 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 it's syndication now it works so yeah god, you, some, but my god yeah it, it's one of those things where you hear a lot about um what it's like to be in a studio audience at one of these things because like it's not like Friends where at least on that show, they would write like nine different punchlines, try them all, right, and then use whatever one got the biggest laugh. Like, yeah, these shows like The Big Bang Theory and Two Broke Girls and Mom, and like basically a show by Chuck Lorre. Um, yeah, they're it, yeah, they're like they're it's like one joke and that's it. Like you better laugh at it because that's all we got. And here's the other thing: often on The Big Bang Theory, at least, it's not even one joke. Like it's just like this is just like in Star Trek, and everybody's like, "Oh, because they're nerds." Mm-hmm. Like the thing that really yeah. annoys me about that show is tonally, 
it you know it's been on nine years or whatever they still haven't figured out are we laughing at these people or with them well because if they if they actually committed to it one way or the other then they'd have to you know they'd lose they'd lose people from their gigantic audience you know if they if they made it really clear that that it was just like haha nerds and their scientists and you know on the spectrum or whatever they're implying every day. Oh, they're they're show. heavily implying that. I if if they do that, it would make people mad and less people would watch it. Where so that takes away from the idea that these shows are just like totally, you know. And there's something to be said for that. They're totally geared to just get as many people yeah. as possible watching them. Right down and, the middle, and, for sure. Right, and, and to commit too far in either direction is is uh is is like kind of antithetical to what they're trying to do in the first place. It's the right. same way with two broke girls. Like are they laughing at, at you know New York or or not? You know, at, at at the idea of 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 uh of people working in a donut shop or 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 whatever it is. If if they commit too far then then they're going to lose, you know, some of the sheer tonnage of people that they get. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> the- this has been Chuck Lorre talk with Sean and Ryan. Yeah, because like I mean, I, I watch a lot of TV, as I'm sure anybody in our job does, mm-hmm. where we don't we don't have a lot of commitments. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, like, very, I'm very busy. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> yeah, you had time to watch the Birdcage and half of the HBO <laughs> movie in their entirety. I was uh, watching sports, actually. Never mind. Uh, yeah, for, for work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I, you know, I watched that show Blackish, right? And that is a show that I can't imagine anybody watches besides me, right? But it ke- they keep making it. No, it is. I like in, good. Somewhere, somewhere that show's doing good, and it's, yeah, I hope so because it's great. Yeah, good. <laughs> Maybe I'll start watching Blackish. That's it. That's what you I'm gonna should. do. Actually, I'm gonna ignore the NBA and NHL playoffs and just binge watch like. 25 episodes of blackish because it sounds like i should you definitely should it's a very funny show there you go um yeah i guess i guess that's it yeah that should be we ran long again that's great i don't know if it ran long i feel like it ran an appropriate amount of time we're gonna test people's appetite for uh (laughs) for travolta discussions i i think three hours on saturday night fever like next week let's go we should this is just yeah we're just gonna take take the you talking you two to me gimmick and just make self podcasts and just talk about you know every week we're gonna have like the john travolta update and it's gonna be 10 seconds long so you ever seen michael (laughs) i saw michael in the theaters same (laughs) (laughs) with your parents no i went by myself yeah of course with my parents (laughs) (laughs) like a nine-year-old i was like i can't wait to see this movie where john travolta is an angel (laughs) you smelled like cookies was was he also in Phenomenon? Yes, right around that same time, yeah, which I also like saw in the theaters. Exact same movie. I also saw it in theaters. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Yeah, that's it. Bye. <laughs>